Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another very, 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 very special episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. Last week, we were lucky enough to have one of the OG Rep Ultras, Ron, on the show, who gave us a really awesome insight as to how he became a Chelsea fan, and we also had some banter for a bit. So this week, we thought we'd continue the theme, since there's absolutely nothing else to do and nothing else to talk about. So what better way to kick this week off some with Nick Lenartson, one of, just like Ron, the Rep Ultra OGs. And not only are we lucky enough to have Nick with us, but we're also lucky enough to have his two kids with us as well, uh, Alex and Seb. So, fellas. The two youngest the Rep Ultras that we know of, at least. The youngest, yep. <laughs> Thank you, you guys... so much, guys. We are we are delighted to be uh, joining the show. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's very surreal right now, but yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I've never I've never had anyone get starstruck by us before because we really aren't we aren't famous at all. Normal dude. But yeah. uh, the fact that we this do is have fans is us. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it's it's probably surreal for us. So I mean, um, <laughs> so Nick is actually uh is, is actually speaking to us out of Zurich. Um. Yeah. So Nick, um, how how did you wind up there? In Zurich, yeah, well, it was first, it was love, uh, but that was already in, in Portugal. Um, we moved back to Sweden because we, I met my, my wife, she's Swedish, but we, we met in Portugal and we, we moved back to Sweden. Uh, we did a couple of years there and then her work actually brought us back, well, not back to Zurich, but to Zurich. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where we are now, seven years, since seven years, and we, we think, it, think it's fantastic. So the boys, they were, they were born in they were born in Sweden and then moved yeah. to Switzerland. All right, wh where do you, what do you guys like better? Where do you guys like better? Switzerland? Yeah, well, I don't really remember like <laughs> Sweden that much, even though like I remember my favorite parts like restaurants or like football pitches or my football club like that. Uh -huh. But right now it's probably Switzerland because of all the things you can do like skiing or yeah, like mm -hmm. I have a football team here, which is really nice and i love it so yeah how many languages do you guys speak we speak about um let me count well a little bit three. of three a little three? bit of three swedish english german german Jawohl. Ich kann auch deutsch sprechen wow that was really good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the you guys are only two away from meeting the national average of Switzerland, so good good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you guys Italians next? Yeah, how did you guys all become Chelsea fans? Obviously, I'm guessing Nick was the first one, and you passed it down. How did you become a Chelsea fan, Nick? Well, it started it started quite early. Not not uh, not with Chelsea in particular, but. Uh, my family, when I grew up, it was non-sportive at all. So I was basically doing all the sports in 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 my in my family. Uh, I had cousins living quite close to me in Sweden, and we went to them quite often just to socialize and so on. And their families was totally opposite. You know, the TV was on all the time, and Swedish TV by then uh, it was only the the state-owned um, or the government-owned TV, and they showed a lot of the Premier Leagues. And by that time, and that I was like like boys, the boys' age. 13, 14, um, then it was a lot of the big clubs, you know, uh, Liverpool, United, unfortunately, and, and Chelsea as well. So Chelsea came quite 
quite close and I didn't know it then, you know, 13 years old. But then, you know, time went on and I, I watched Premier League, but not that much. But then when, when I moved into a, to the later stages in life, when I started working, I came to a, a, a hotel in Stockholm and they were really competitive in sports. And like that was 02, 03. Mm-hmm. And that's when, you know, I said, okay, we, I need to have a club. And then from, the, from those days, you know, from my Shiloh, I said, okay, that's the blue collar. Because otherwise it was Tottenham and Liverpool. Oh. It was quite easy. And that was just before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Was that a groan for Tottenham? Oh, man, you raised them. Great. Yeah, they wow. I have a tater here. So, you know, <laughs> any bad language. That was beautiful. <laughs> I probably have to cut that off. Um, no, so by then it was, I didn't, I didn't find any, found any uh, interest in those other clubs. Because it was really Man United by that time, 02, 03, for Anyhow, where, where, where I worked. So I said, no, just before the Roman era started, uh, I came in. But then, of course, it was the, the, the usual, you know, b- banter about, oh, you just chose Chelsea because now he was left to cash and everything is, you know, going to be hunky-dory. And I said, no, no, it's, it is. And it's, now we have, we have a, a fantastic club, which I, you know, I, I couldn't change it for the world, even though, Sometimes it's ups and downs. If you if you look on, on this season, anyhow. Yeah, That's definitely Chelsea though. It wouldn't yeah. be Chelsea without the ups and downs. I think. No, 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 no. So, so I have this. I have a question for for Nick and Seb. One, what positions do you guys play? And two, who's your favorite player? Um. So I play. Last year I played a uh, striker. Mm-hmm. Left mid. And then. Um, now my coach put me into left back because our left back was absolute garbage. We know that. Hey, same with us. I hope he we doesn't listen. <laughs> same with Chelsea. We played a friendly game against Juventus. So then, not the real Juventus. Not Juventus. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, I thought you were playing with Ronaldo. And... Then I played as a left back, and my dad from the beginning called me Emerson. Although that was my <laughs> player. Was that supposed to be an insult or a compliment, Nick? If I, you know, name him Alonso or Emerson, I was like, mm, I'd rather go with Emerson then. It's a starting point. It's not a yeah. compliment nor an insult. <laughs> Pretty soon he'll be Alex Tellis. Average. We'll see if you can move up to, you know, exactly. Alex and, Tellis level. Yeah. I'm sure that nickname came about when uh, when Emerson was in a decent run of form. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second week of the season. Exactly. And then uh, for me, I um play. I play right mid regularly. But then, like, the um, striker got injured, not Alex, because that's when he was playing at left back. But um, they, um, like, they put me at striker, and I scored a couple of goals, like two of them. Um, So I was really happy. But then I usually play right mid, and then it's fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. The reason why I'm asking... Favorite players, boys. So right now, you know... With this, like, I, I've only seen him play, like, three times, which is against Liverpool and Brimsby Town. And I think you might know who it is. It's Billy Gilmore, because how he <laughs> plays, it's just insane how he just receives the ball and wants mm-hmm. to play it out. It's, it's really nice. It's really nice to see. I love it. I love it. If you guys can get a Billy Gilmore kit now, that thing's going to be worth a lot of money in the future. Yeah. And you can tell everyone else, and you said that he was your favorite player. 
that you knew he would make it big. That is awesome. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Or was that Alex? I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, this is Seb. Uh, <laughs> I I was going around. I, I started with Sapacosta, but then right when he scored that cross goal, that was my favorite player. <laughs> the cross <And> goal. <laughs> it just went, just went in. Just went yeah. down, 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 down. We know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Kovac crew. He's Kovac crew. Nice. Oh, there we go. He's just playing go. right now. And, yeah, I wouldn't change that for anything. If, yeah. Andreas, you got another Kovac crew member. Yeah, How does man. it feel? It feels it's great, man. The more the merrier. Join it's the contagious. Hype. We're quite glad also that the Barkley bus doesn't stop on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll be, I'll, I'll. I'll I'll make a stop to you guys pretty soon. Don't worry. Hey, do you, do you, I'm sure you have you guys kept up with this Edwin Anderson signing the 16 year old Swede that we signed yes, this have, season? I have actually. I didn't really know him before, but like when I checked out his highlights, he's actually pretty good. I don't know if he's gonna be a starter when he grows up, but I mean, I mean he has um, some signs of like God. Godness or like Godness, like God. wow. God, wow. I know exactly God, what he means God. though. I don't know. I I mean I haven't watched him a lot, but I've only watched him like a little bit. So Leonardson's yeah, stamp of approval. It's I a like new, it. new Slotan stamp. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Now, that was gonna be my next question for you guys. Do you guys lean more towards the Swedish national team that you follow or the Swiss national team? Swedish. Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Swedish. Okay, so then my question when I was going to say Forsberg versus Shakiri would have been an easy one then. Yeah. yeah. We well, don't, in this family, we don't like Slatan because he's just selfish, but uh, we, we like the other players on the Swedish team. Okay. There we go. Yeah, Forsberg is good. Shakiri, he's and also good. And then Lindelof, bad. even though he plays for Man United. I mean, yeah. He's good. Yeah, yeah. He's good for Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I got, I got one last question, if it's okay with Nick. Yeah. Can you teach us one cuss word in Swedish? <laughs> like a, 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 a mild cuss word, like nothing too aggressive, just like a cheeky, a little, little cheeky, you know. Yeah, whisper in your dad's ear and make sure he, he, he approves it. <laughs> like if somebody hits you really hard, what's the Yeah, run it by you your say? dad. That's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> run it by dad. It's usually like English, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Dad, my dad can rhyme some words. <laughs> what is? Which one is it? You spell it like F-A-N, but you say fun is like... Fun? Well, equal to shit, basically. Nice! <laughs> fun. So okay. Fun, like, yeah. Like so you Fun. Or like... Or, or, or I could say Mishibachuai is fun. Yes. <laughs> 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 that works too, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Glad. Okay, um, you're writing that down. So yeah, I mean, th that's that's the special thing about our show. We can cuss in multiple languages. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All so right. yeah, do you want to move into the news section? The the boys can hang around if they want. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, it's up to them. No problem. Uh, yeah. So the first little bit of news, um, some sad news. Chelsea legend Peter Bonetti passed away this week. Uh, he's better goalkeeper, better known as the Cat. He had 729 appearances for Chelsea, which is the second most in team history. 
He was a part of our first FA Cup trophy winning team in 1970. Also helped Chelsea win promotion from the second division in both 1963 and 1977. Won the League Cup in 1965 and also the European Cup's Winners' Cup in '71 uh, over Real Madrid. So also had a short stint in America playing for St. Louis Stars, which is cool. So um, that you know some unfortunate news, but uh, I don't know if anyone has anything to add to that. But I have some better news. Gianluca Vialli, who's former Chelsea player, manager, and player manager, also the first Italian to manage in the Premier League. Uh, he completed. He recently completed 17 months of chemotherapy and is now cancer-free. So that's some bad news and some good news uh, combined into one. I mean, this is this is the news that we get during this quarantine era. But an interesting story about Gianluca Viala. Uh, JT talked about this recently uh, when he was 19 years old. While uh, Viali was a manager, the club had accepted a bid to sell him to Huddersfield Town, and Viali refused to sell him and subsequently was the the manager to give him his first start and you know the rest is history so that's a great story that jt was telling us about um so you know he could have if it wasn't for viali jt would have never even had a start for chelsea and now he's a legend so that's amazing no captain leader legend that would have been nuts right so god bless him all right let's go into some more uh sobering news so reportedly N'Golo Conte he remains keen to stay at Chelsea despite the rumors uh, in the Spanish media linking him with a transfer to Barcelona and Real Madrid uh so I- I'm asked this question to Nick and the boys so we've talked about this so much about N'Golo Conte's place on the team um obviously uh how our midfield has grown this year plus with you know we don't even have RLC back yet um, and uh, also with with uh, Billy Gilmore also coming up, there's just a lot of competition in that midfield, um, and we've been back and forth on whether to keep N'Golo Conte, uh, but apparently it looks like he's keen to stay, but I mean, it, it I don't know necessarily whether he's going to be the first team, you know, or I mean, he'll be first team, but on the starting first 11, necessarily for our best 11 and you know i don't know if he'll be okay with like a backup role but where you where do you guys sit as far as like the pecking order in the midfield where he sits and whether you would prefer to keep him or sell him for however much they they're willing to pay so i heard that it was 80 million was the transfer fee for angolo Conte. there's Mm -hmm. been two i think is real madrid and psg but honestly if i from the bottom of my heart I, sh- I think he should leave because he's getting really old. He's almost no. 29 years old. Nah, he's not old. He's, 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 he's getting there. Right. This is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, well, we, we have in, in, in the family, I think we have, uh, you know, different views on, on, on N'Golo Conte. I think he's definitely a, a, um, a keeper. Definitely a keeper. I think he has been, had a crappy season so far i mean a lot of injuries he's not been that injured for um a a long time um and to sell him now would be you know i think we need that kind of engine in our midfield 
Um, I think we need that kind of attacking or he's so diverse. He can play, you know, all over the pitch and he can be high if, if he wants to press high or he can be low. He can do a lot of things. And I, I mean, he's a world-class player. I think we would be stupid to let him go now just for the money. We don't need those money. We have the money if we want to. We still have the hazard money. Of course, that would, you know, do uh, good for our Mbappe fund, but uh, Mbappe would not happen. Yeah, I mean, like, if you look at it, like, now that Hazard deal just looks like such bad business for Real. And, you know, obviously his injuries have been a part of it. But, I mean, I don't think we'll ever see Eden Hazard play at the level that we had him at. And, you know, I think you could make a good parallel between the Hazard sale and the N'Golo Conte sale. Um, really just parting with them at the perfect time, getting you know, an insane transfer fee for him. And the team that gets him really doesn't get the same player as he was when we had him. So, I mean, I, I, I could see it happening. But, uh, I mean, Adam, do, do you guys have anything else you wanted to add to that? Uh, I don't, go, go, ahead, go for it on this. Okay, I was going <laughs> to say, uh, I feel right now the issue with N'Golo Conte is that every manager thinks they know what's right for N'Golo Conte. So... Under Conte, everybody loved him, right? We had no issues. He was the main guy. Everything was going great. Then under Sari, at first everyone was like, oh, I'm not sure about this. And by the end of the season, he kind of turned things around. Now under Lampard, we were playing well without him. Then we tried bringing him back in. I honestly feel like Lampard at that point just thought that he didn't have to coach or manage Conte. And now Conte looks a little confused. So... I don't think 80 million is enough for N'Golo Conte based on what we know he can do if you put him in the right system. So unless it's a triple digit uh, bid, I think the better thing to do is just go in and coach him and try to get our version of N'Golo Conte back rather than sell and potentially not have a defensive mid whatsoever. So I've been back and forth on it a lot. I've, I know I've been very vocal about moving him on, but there's a lot of good in N'Golo Conte. It's just a matter of finding out and giving him the right instruction. So finding out where to place him best and then making sure that what is asked of him fits his skill set. But, I mean, over time going through all these different managers, I mean, I'm kind of getting the sense that N'Golo Conte is having a bit, in a, a bit of an identity crisis in terms of what footballer he actually is. I mean, we've seen him at his best when he's playing in a midfield two or a pivot Um just being a destroyer, just nicking the ball off defenders, spraying it wide, um, and then just kind of continuing to run a play. And we haven't really seen that under Sari. Yeah, I mean, he got on the end of a couple goals, which is great, but he's never going to be prolific. Um, and then, you know, coming into this season with Lampard, obviously we looked at our best without him, which was shocking to a lot of us. And I know in the beginning of the season, guys, when we spoke on this, we were, I mean, we were pretty much. Um, we were fawning all over people that were uh, <laughs> that were uh, talking crap about N'Golo Conte and, and saying, you know, maybe we should sell him on. Maybe we should move him on. But now, I mean, it looks like it's a good idea. Um, you know, if the price is right, I think we have to. I think another thing that confuses us that we haven't mentioned yet is Ziyech coming in. Um, we don't really know what kind of position Ziyech is going to be playing for Chelsea. We don't know if he's going to be like a natural 10 or if he's going to be shoved out wide on one of the flanks. So... Um, I think there's a lot of variables here and a lot of moving parts, and I just think that the stars kind of have to align for us to be able to get rid of them for the right price. But um, 
you know, if if it comes down to triple digit price, like Andres was talking about, I don't think I'm I'm even considering any offers, you know, below the hundred million mark, or at least like damn near close to it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> See, yeah. you must have said something right then, Zach. I busted. If you look at his first season for Chelsea, I mean, it was incredible. He was like, he was playing defensive and he was getting the ball and we could go on the counter and everything like that. But then now when Sorry got in, he wanted to play attack, attack, like in the attack, but that didn't work. So Sorry got into beef with the whole blah, blah, blah. And then now it's, I mean, I don't know where we should play him, but we know how Angola Kante can be good and how he can play and how he can be the best in the world, the best midfielder in the world. But I think we just, I, I mean, I, he, we could give him a chance, but right now I think he should probably go. Okay, okay, yeah, I, because... I, need to, I need to stop right now. How old are you guys again? <laughs> just... how, how old, sorry? 13. Okay, because I'm coaching kids near your age, and all I hear is FIFA stats. So this is, like, the <laughs> greatest thing right now for me, that you guys are having, like, an eloquent conversation about football, and I love it. So I just wanted to, to acknowledge that. We don't quite get – Zach and I both coach kids, and, and here mm-hmm. all you hear is, uh, oh, so-and-so has this much pace and is worth this much on FIFA Ultimate Team. So hearing you guys talk about – football in more than oh he scores goals it's fantastic so i i we can go back to goal content hearing, now hearing hearing them talk about defensive players at their age like that's yeah. insane to me can, can you guys do me a favor and promise me to never start a podcast because you guys will put us out of business please <laughs> please if you guys want to we'll I, I can get rid of Zach or andreas and throw you guys on okay <laughs> if you guys want uh just so we don't stay out of but uh all right, yeah, let's go on to the next point. Uh, so reportedly, Ajax has put a, I've seen 30 to 35 million pound asking price on Onana, which is like r- a ridiculous bargain price. I mean, is that a no-brainer? Uh, or do you guys, I mean, I think realistically the price is going to go up because there's going to be multiple teams bidding for him. Uh, and I don't, and that's not, that's not the, um, it's not a buyout price it's it's you know it's transfer price so i mean what do you guys think do you guys think the number will go up and also do you guys think that it's like a no-brainer to get them it's a no-brainer yeah no-brainer no-brainer yeah if it's possible it's a no-brainer we just got to get rid of keppa man i don't know i don't know how we're going to be able to move him without losing probably somewhere around that 35 million that we're going to wind up spending on onana that's the only problem for me. I mean, it's funny if you look back, it's actually Onana should be the seventy-five million pound keeper, and Kepa should be the thirty-five sure. million pound one. But the seventy-five was, was a was a was a buy was a buyout clause. That's the only reason why it was that much. Right. Or it was right. release clause. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so I don't know what the rules are behind the release clauses. The teams have to go by that price. Like if right. if that clause is triggered, then you bypass the club and go straight to the player at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. From what I understand, there's so. no negotiation at that point. Yeah, yeah. Like in I mean, FIFA. yeah, just like FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> See. Yeah, that, I was gonna say. I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense. I still, I mean, because we paid so much about Kep for Kepa, it's hard business-wise to get rid of him. But if you're paying for his replacement at half the price, you keep Kepa around and you use him kind of like a cup keeper, kind of how Barcelona handled the transition from Ter, uh, Claudio Bravo to Ter Stegen. If he does well in the cups, 
a team out there is going to bid for him. So if we pay 35 for Onana and we sell Keba for 35, I mean, kind of you get your value back by selling yeah. him and paying for half the price of Onana. So it was like paying buying Onana for the price you paid for uh, for Keppa, which is fine. So okay, so Keppa's purchase was 75 million out. Mm-hmm. Buying Onana at 35 million, let's say that's an investment to your club. I know you're spending it out again, but then you sell Keppa for 35 million more. That's another 35 million dollars or euros that you're investing in your club. So quote unquote. Selling Kepa at 35 and bringing Onana as an investment for 35, you have 70 mil investment. Yeah, so it's like pretty much paying the same price but getting a better keeper. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, I I don't even know at this point. Like, I think it is a little bit too early to uh, call it quits on on, uh, Kepa, but we'll see what happens. It is, it is early. It is early. That's the thing for me is, like, I know that there's a quality keeper in there somewhere, but it's just a matter of him, like... I, me personally, I think it's a mental thing with him. I just think, you know, he has some sort of like personal demon slash ego thing going on behind the scenes that he can't, he just can't seem to get in the right headspace day in and day out. And that's a concern for me because we've seen him make crazy saves and he's a damn good penalty stopper too. I mean, he's had some big penalty saves in his career too. So you can't say that he's, you know, just a crap goalie and, and, and we need to cut our losses, but I still think there's something there. And I don't know if Onana, like, yes, it's a no-brainer, and if you give me the option to buy him, I'm picking him up. But if we don't get him this summer, I want everybody to know it's just, it, it's not the end of the world. You know, there, there, there's still something that could be salvaged from this if the Onana deal doesn't go through. Yeah. And, and the mentality thing is so big. I think it was either Terry or Joe Cole this past week had an interview. They were talking about, like, what young player surprised you never made it at Chelsea. And they didn't bring up any common name. They brought up some guy named, like, Welling last name was like Wellington or something back in like the 03 to 05 days he was picked to play for an FA Cup match because he had been killing it in training and then the kid called the day that night and said he was sick and wouldn't play so like mentality has such a big impact on how these players grow and and develop on the field so if Kepa is wanting to be our starter and he can get his head right we we have a guy who at his best was benching De Gea for Spain. So the problem with I, Kepa is that he knows he's a seventy five million pound keeper, and he acts like it. Mm-hmm. That that's exactly his problem. He does I have had, a little bit of ego issue, but thing on, on uh, Kepa as well. And I mean, why not keep Kepa and keep you know get Onan yeah. and keep Willie as you know number three. And let him, you know, teach the the youngsters how to play football and to be to you know to perform on the pitch. And for God's sake, you have to get rid of Hilario, the goal trainer, which has been there mm. since probably Roman Water Club. The Chelsea legend, Hilario. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, we did bring a... we did bring Peter Check in there, so maybe he'll uh, take take over his job too. And I but heard... him and Hilario work together at Chelsea right. too. Mm-hmm. I heard I heard that Lampard actually would like to you know bring in the guy from Derby. Um, mm-hmm. um, oh, the name's uh, escaping my head right now. The uh, the old keeper that's in loan at City. No, 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 no. The goalkeeping coach. Uh, shake it in. All right, while you guys look that up, I'll move on to the next point. Um, okay, Chelsea reportedly have made direct contact with Timo Werner, which uh, I think we've mentioned. 
Or no, we did Shea a Melba before the show. Shea Given. Shea Given. I, yeah. yeah, I didn't say a oh, lot yeah, in the yeah. <laughs> So uh, this has been uh, an ongoing story we've been discussing, uh, possibly getting Timo Werner. Uh, Andreas would love that if that happened. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Timo Werner? Um, I'll start off with you, Nick, and the boys. What do you guys think? I think it's, it would be uh, fantastic if we could get Werner um, as, I would say, the first signing of, of the new season or, you know, as, as soon as the window opens because he's diversified to, to play, diverse to play on, you know, not only as a striker, he can play on the left or the right. He can be really contributing all over. I, we saw that in the in the previous, uh, I think, just before the corona hits us with the, in the Champions League. That he was not actually playing as a striker; he was playing on the on the side. So I think that would be awesome. What do you guys think, uh, Werner or Sancho? Sancho. No. Oh. What about you, Nick? I mean, it's, we have look, we have Abraham, we have Giroud, we have um, I think someone's called like Borja, the new. Yeah. Armando uh, Broja, yeah. Um, so I think we have enough strikers. So how about we and you know like Pedro. Probably not going to sign a new contract. William probably not going to sign a new contract because he wants like he wants three years, and then Chelsea wants to give one, mm-hmm. and, and then just takes uh, Sancho who can play Sancho who can play on the left or the right, and start building him into the new Hazard or like who like you name it. I nice. think I think Sancho. I think, but also Werner can also play on the wing. So I think there's some uh, versatility that you get with him because, you know, you can play him either as a striker or as a winger. But uh, I like your expectations. You guys are setting uh, the bar pretty high for <laughs> for Sancho. <laughs> he's the, he's, he'll be the next Eden Hazard. <laughs> Andreas. Go oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, honestly... Werner probably will pick the bigger club, which is Liverpool. I don't say that more arguably. Although I would love him to come, he Liverpool is also coming at him. So he's kind of like pushing forward between Liverpool, all the top clubs in the Premier League. So. Yeah, I don't know why I'm so more worried about United, you know. Like they are, I don't know. Andres, what do you think? Yeah, United worries me more for Sancho because we yeah. talked about it before. There is a ready-made right-winger position there. The cash is there. They can give him – I don't even know who their number seven is. So, boom, the next Cristiano Ronaldo. They haven't found that guy. So, you're asking about replacing Hazard. They can replace Cristiano. So, uh, also, uh, Werner's price will probably be two-thirds the price of Sancho. Um Every main club out there, or at least the really successful ones, have two good strikers. So if you think about it, you have Man City who, when Aguero gets hurt, because Aguero misses like one month a season, they just put in Gabriel Jesus and nothing is wrong. Same mm-hmm. same sort of output. There's still chemistry. They still rotate it, plenty of playing time. Nick mentioned it. We can throw Werner out on the right. We can put him as a striker. So rotation, there's spots to put him in. And the other thing is I'm – I don't know if we need another fancy dribbler. I want a winger to be just straight line. Give me some goals. We haven't had a guy like that in a long time. Mm-hmm. You got Polisic and Cho who can give you all the flashiness you want. They can both put in a good cross. Why not have another lethal finisher in the box or a guy that's looking to just put his head down and run into the box? So that's why I've been such a kind of 
campaigning so hard for Werner is because I just want a different profile player who can do multiple roles for us. And again, we already have Ziyech coming in. So in terms of creativity, we have plenty to go around. So give me another guy who's first and only thought is to score because we haven't had guys like that since Costa. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, Werner, Werner's, Sancho and Werner are very different, like, stylistically, but in terms of actual output, I mean, if you want to go by goals and assists, they they both provide a bunch of both. And I think with us, like Andres is saying, um, we need goals. And I think if we bring in a guy like Jaden Sancho, that's just going to be another creative player that comes in. Yeah, he's going to be able to chip in. We got to keep in mind his age, the fact that he is going to be coming into England. So there is going to be, you know, sort of a... Uh, of an incubation period, I guess you could say, where, you know, he, got, he has to get used to the league and the atmosphere itself. But the same could go for Werner. But the thing for me and the reason why I like Werner more than Sancho in this case is just it's it's strictly because of the goals. For the reason Andres said, we don't have a winger or, yeah, I mean, like a wing-type player, I guess, because he's not an out-and-out winger that's willing to make those diagonal runs in behind a defense and stretch defenses with pace. We just don't have that. Um, we saw it a little bit with Cho before he ruptured his Achilles. Haven't seen much of it after. Pulisic is an on-the-ball type of player. We did have Pedro, who was able to do that, but um, you know, obviously, it looks like he's on his last legs. Father time. Father time. I mean, here's the thing with me and Werner is I'm 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 very concerned about the Liverpool wild card. Um, they didn't have a good Champions League campaign this year. It was a disappointment. So they're obviously going to look to strengthen the squad so they can challenge in Europe again. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure they're going to be happy with their uh, asterisk league title this year. So, you know, they can have that. But I, I think it's inevitable that they're going to spend money this summer. And um, and I think Werner is the type of player that they'll probably go after. Because if you're looking around Europe, you know, um, people need attacking talent. The big clubs need attacking talent. And I think, uh, you know, the Sala and the Mane rumors, they're going to keep spinning. Um, I'll be shocked if they both stay together for the foreseeable future, to be completely honest. Um, so then that's why I think Werner might come in. Um, I, I think Liverpool would be a great move for him in terms of getting to the next step at the next big club and then maybe building your career from there. Um, so, I mean, that's my concern. I personally don't think Werner will happen for us. I just think the Klopp effect is, is going to be is going to weigh too heavily on, on his decision. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get yeah. into the fan questions. Uh, and since Nick pretty much asks every single fan question, usually every week, uh, we thought it would be a great idea to have Nick just on the pod asking the questions himself instead of having to do it on Twitter and me ask the questions. I don't think I can get the accent quite right, so I think he, he has to do it. <laughs> he does it a little bit better. So, Nick, <laughs> okay. let's, let's start um, off with the first one. Okay, so my first Twitter question that I sent in was Coutinho versus James or James or oh, James Rodriguez. James, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll, I'll, why don't I defer to Andreas first because I think he has a strong opinion on this. All right. Um, <laughs> I think that both players have now become luxury style players. I think that both players are nice cherry on top to your starting 11 because they can score goals for you. Um, Coutinho brings that shot from distance. James brings that free kick specialist into things. Uh, I think that while both had a loan spell at Bayern, I think James improved more as a player overall, learning to do a little bit more of the defensive work there, while Coutinho just became more of Coutinho and only applied himself offensively. 
if I had to make a choice, I don't know who the older player is at this point. I think Hamas might be a year or two older, but I would say maybe I'd go with him because he's had a tougher road into getting back into the spotlight. So maybe he sees this as his final chance to really kind of show and prove himself while I feel like Coutinho still has a sense of entitlement. So for me, it's not that I would say go all out for Hamas, but if it came down to one of the two guys, I'd say I'd take Hamas over Coutinho. Can I um? Can I just keep the money for myself and not take either of them? <laughs> yeah. We talk about it. I mean, we, we we bring it up all the time. I mean, the similarities between them are obvious. Um, but the, but still, it's weird to me that we're being linked with you know both of them, whether they're legit or not. They just don't seem like the type of Lampard players that he needs in his squad stylistically. So you know, like we talk about them being luxury players for a starting eleven. Me personally, and I think Lampard probably would uh, subscribe to this as well, I don't think we want them anywhere near our starting 11s. Um, just, they just lack the work ethic and, and, that, and that tactical awareness and be able to be flexible mid-match and, and put in the hard yards and get a result. They're not those types of players. Um, they're, they're shot spammers from outside the box. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm yeah. not the same. It yeah, would be a good, good idea. Good idea if we could, you know, in that I wouldn't, you know, blink or hesitate to to swap them against Barkley. Oh come on! Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's Barkley, the, um, all of this Barkley slander. I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. But uh, no, you know what? I've been uh, I've been on and off the Barkley bus, so it's okay. I think right now at this point I'm a little off just because I haven't seen him in a while. But he was looking good usually, before yeah, uh, all this happened. Yeah. Usually, the more I watch him, the more I get off the bus. Actually, but <laughs> <laughs> he's probably but, in Dubai right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd be down too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you want to go to the a, next? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. The next one, which I sent in, was uh, looking at our striker options or forward options. It was either um, as a loaners or potential buys, uh, Jovic versus Icardi. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard to compare them because Jovic is a lot younger. I think he's probably like four or five years younger. Um, Icardi, I think, obviously at this point is like the better choice just because we've seen what he's been able to do. I mean, Jovic hasn't, I don't know, I don't think he's had too much of an opportunity to get a run out really in, uh, in Real. And I know they just extended Benzema. So like, I think he's probably more likely to get loaned out. Um, I mean, Icardi right now is on loan at PSG and I don't know if, you know, they said they're not going to bring him back. Yeah. Well, who, Milan or P- PSG? I mean, Inter, PSG. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if, if Inter wants to do another year of uh, a loan. Um, so, I mean, but I don't know which one I'd rather have. I think if we're talking about just next year, I'd like to have Icardi. I don't know what Icardi's situation is at Inter. Um I mean, I remember he left on bad terms when the loan deal initially went through and he got sent off the PSG. But if if Inter are willing to sell Lautaro this summer, it would make a lot of sense for them to try and convince Icardi that him and Lukaku might be the partnership next year. I mean, and, and that would be insane. I mean, they would be nuts. They would, it would be incredible to have both of them on the same team. But 
I mean, me personally, I would go, I would probably go with Jovic in this situation. Um, I just think the kid has it. When we when we saw him play against us in the Europa League, we all know the goal he scored against us at the bridge. Um, you know, where his teammate was celebrating before he even got a touch on the ball. His teammate just saw him clean through and put his hands up. That's the type of striker we need. Somebody that has that kind of impact on the rest of the squad. Um, you know, Tammy Abraham's phenomenal. I'm Team Tammy. You guys know that. He's a, he's our nine. Um, but you know, I've always said I think Frank is looking at striker options because we might have a front two on the cards. There might be times where that could be an option for us moving forward. I like Jovic in that situation. I just think Icardi right now, we don't really know where his head's at. We know his wife is causing a lot of problems because she's also his agent. She <laughs> asks for absurd fees um, and, and ridiculous requests that, you know, are just clubs just don't want to deal with that. So, yeah, for me, it's Jovic. Uh, Andres, what do you think? Yeah, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, Seven, Alex. I was gonna say I do not want a guy who sleeps with his teammates' wives. We've had this sort of issue before <laughs> in this locker room, so I don't think I want that back in here. If Icardi hasn't worked at a club that adored him like Inter, and now PSG, where he's been successful, doesn't want to bring him back, those are red flags in my eyes. I also think that Real Madrid is asking Jovic to do things he hasn't done before. And the way we play with Mount almost as a shadow striker, if we were to put Mount behind Jovic or even Jovic and Tammy kind of staggered, I think that only works to Jovic's advantages because a lot of his movement is off of quick, short passes. So I think the recipe for success is there. And the kid is hungry to get back to playing and showing he can do it. So I think Jovic, again, based on mentality and what he could potentially become is, is my pick as well. Zach, is that Natushi? Yes, it was. We have another have guest her, on the podcast. Have her say what? hi. What the heck? One of the other Rep Ultras. What's up? My fiance. Hey, yeah, what's, what's her take? Ask her about Jovic versus Icardi. <laughs> Show them a picture of both. I want to know what you can... think about Jovic versus Icardi. Oh, um. No, she doesn't. <laughs> I have a tremendous <laughs> opinion. <laughs> That's Zach's answer. girlfriend for anyone who's a, I mean, great answer. <laughs> she's a she's a Real fan. Yeah, so she doesn't want to get rid of Luca. Uh, all right, did you guys have a? What do the boys think? Do you guys have an opinion? Uh, probably Jovic because he's younger, mm-hmm. and Icardi. He's I don't know how old he is now, but Jovic, like you guys said, um, against us, he was actually destroying us by himself. Mm-hmm. They pa- the people the team passed it to him and he did the rest and we I think we kind of need one of those players that can just push up just like uh what's his name uh Sancho or uh because he also is very good at in all positions but Jovic would definitely be the right choice honestly if from my opinion yeah it's same here I mean he's uh just. I mean, he was world-class when he was at Frankfurt, but then now his form has dipped at Real. He's not getting any play time. He's, um, he's like, on the bench almost every game. Um, but if we can just train, train, him, train him up, but it would be, like, and he would get to his good form, it would be really nice for us and good. I think we forget how good he was. Yeah, like you guys mentioned, he was ridiculous against us. I remember watching him. Um, me and my brother were watching. We were watching a rerun last year, um, and we were talking about him. And my brother was going, "Man, this guy reminds me of Aguero." 
And I'm like, dude, honestly, he could be he could probably be as good if he if he could harness that talent for the next couple of years, he could be that good. We know Zidane sucks at harnessing youth talent. So that's probably why it hasn't worked out there. Surprise, surprise, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point, man. Look, the guy has what it takes to be a top player. And I think it's a matter of him making the move to do so. I think, I think a loan Icardi, spell is inevitable. Like it's a hundred percent going to happen. Yeah. He's not. He I don't even know run. if it's a loan spell. I, you know, look, if if a lot of clubs are going to be looking to sell, like That's true. we don't know the economic impact that all of the coronavirus stuff has, mm-hmm. like throughout European football in general. Like we don't know yet. So until we know what clubs are going to be, you know, financially sustainable and what clubs are going to have to sell. Um, you know, uh, what clubs are going to have to cut their wage books, let staff go. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so, you know, clubs are going to be willing to sell. And I think Real's going to be sniffing around for, you know, plucking that top talent out. And uh, Jovic is probably one of those players they could turn around and get 50 or 60 million for to use that money elsewhere. Yeah, not just that. We don't have the Euros this summer anymore. So a chance for his price to jump is going to get pushed yeah. at least another year. So we can cash in on a loan plus option to buy deal now before his price doubles based on a good tournament. And you were talking about Aguero, Zach. Aguero came into the Premier League to City in a front two with Dzeko, mm-hmm. and then he learned to play by himself up top. So for people that are like, oh, Jovic doesn't work in a lone striker system, you said it. We could play two up top. Dzeko and Aguero, physically speaking, is very similar to Tammy and, and Jovic. So... Mm-hmm. If we're going to compare them to former players, I think that that could work out. He does seem to work well with like a big target man that could kind of knock the ball Sebastian down. Sebastian Haller, Haller yeah. was fantastic at Frankfurt, and he hasn't done sh- – sorry, kids, shit. At, <laughs> uh, where is it, West Ham? He hasn't so, done fun. Yeah. He hasn't done fun. Fun. He hasn't done fun. Yeah, no fun. <laughs> He's been no – yeah. The point is West Ham spent a crap ton of money on the guy just for him mm. to do fun. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming on uh around an hour point so how about we have like one or two two more questions Nick. okay sounds good uh yeah well one question which i think where where we really need and we have a mutual interest as well is the telus uh if telus joins uh, i would rather say when telus joins there we go <laughs> <laughs> sell emerson and or alonso slow <laughs> What do you say, guys? And. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the more likely of the two is that Emerson probably goes. Um, a lot of the rumblings have been that he's the more unhappy one between the two. And it makes a lot of sense. I think Lampard thinks of Alonso as a, as a utility player, right? He's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Um, you know, if, if he wants to switch things up and go to a back three and just make it work. He shoves Alonso on the left-hand side, and boom, all of a sudden we have, you know, a, a, a really good left wing back. But the problem is when you put him in that back four, what happens? <laughs> That's the only real worry for me. You know, th- the thing is with the Teles deal is, yes, we do need another first-team left back, but we also need a backup left back as well. You know, we don't we don't have options. So just getting Telus might not be enough. I know Dave could probably play on the left if he needs to next year, which I think is probably going to happen because Reese James is going to have the right hand side. But then if you do that, who plays on the right? There's just Dave. You're, you just answer the question. Dave what goes do you mean? Because he becomes no. your backup on the right or the left. You don't have yeah. to bench both uh, Reese and Telus at the same time. Playing with three fullbacks for the like for a whole season, you can't oh, rely no. on that. 
Right, but you have Ian Modson for the left back who can play one to six total matches in the season for the first team. And then who knows who the next right back out of our academy is. We had Lamptey come in and do just fine. I mean, if you we, we technically would have three, yeah, but in reality, the academy can be plucked at any point. We can bring back Ampadu. He's played at right back for yeah. us before. Yeah. I mean, at this point... I see Dave as our backup for both sides. And yeah. that's why I think Emerson goes back to Italy and Alonso maybe finds a home in Spain. And you you sell both because at this point, both aren't happy right now. And yeah. Emerson being Brazilian, I don't trust an unhappy Brazilian in a locker room. So I know he's technically Italian on paper, but he hangs out with all the Brazilians. And when they're mad, they let everybody know about it and they cause a ruckus. So sell wow. both. So bring in another Brazilian for that, right, Alex Tellers? And it's well, interesting. the one that's been stuck in Portugal, yeah. No, yeah, it's interesting. Brazilian. It's interesting because we need to. I think we need to bring Alex Tellers in because if William leaves, we won't have any Brazilians on our first team for the first time since 2006, 2007. That's wow. that's something that's crazy. So we need to keep when that. When did trend Alex up. come? Oh six, oh seven. Um, was Alex? Did Alex come the year after? I don't know. Oh, I can I can look it up for you, but uh, having a Chelsea side with no Brazilians <laughs> just sounds weird. I know, right? One Brazilian at least. Yeah. No, no Coutinho. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be good with Telus. If we can get Telus in, that's enough. You know. <laughs> one thing would be actually to you know to keep Alonso, even so, I mean to have an as well, God forbid, as a backup for for Telus, but you know he can be playing higher up the field. And that's where I want to have him, you know, put him in as, as a striker if we are, you know. Um, that's <laughs> something. Activity. It's not I that think. crazy. It's not that crazy to think that, yeah. you know, maybe he could play like in a really rugged 4-4-2 as just like an out-and-out -out winger that just yeah. bombs yeah. forward and becomes like a second striker. I don't know. But the thing is, I don't see him doing that here at Chelsea. And I think, um, Lamp no, but I, I think Lampard, if he could, if he had to choose between... Uh, Emerson and and Alonso, he would keep Alonso without the yeah. eye. He would say, "Okay, sorry, you're out." Yeah, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, but you know, I think Lampard also trusts in Alonso a lot because he does have the championship pedigree. He's won things, and yeah. I and you know, and he's played and he's played under a lot of managers in a lot of different systems. Um, and as you know, for every crap performance, he scores a double. So, you know, that it's we, hard to get rid of him. It's, honestly, he might be the weirdest player I've ever watched in my whole life. If you want me to be completely honest with you guys, he's definitely up there. I've never seen somebody so terrible at defending, but so brilliant yeah. going forward. He's a striker playing left back. There's nothing weirder than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let, let what do I do Just one last to, question. Oh, yeah. Wait, before we go, I found it. It was Julian, Julian Belletti. Nice. Wow. Hey, your roommate's saying, what's up, Andreas? <laughs> but, uh, Nick, you want to do one last question? Yeah, well, the, the, the last question and, and the thought that I had was finishing, you know, the, the Premier League before June 30th mm -hmm. with non-fully fit players uh, because probably they're, you know, kicking balls or toilet rolls or whatever they're doing, you know, on the corona lockup. And, and would that be a benefit for us or a disadvantage? Furthermore, would it even be possible to to you know to make it happen? 
I and know the they possi- were talking about it. Yeah, um, I think the possibility question we're not we're not yeah. as uh, you know educated enough to answer that question because no one yeah. knows. But I think the only way they could pull this off is if they postpone the transfer window. Yeah, I think that's already going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if, if this were to happen, that means we're playing two league matches a week. No FA Cup, no Capital One Cup. Like, I mean, obviously that one's over, but you know what I mean? Like, no more domestic or intercontinental tournaments for the rest of the season. You squeeze the Premier League season into two matches per week for the remaining of the time. Um, I mean, could it be done? Sure, if we open the doors soon. I still don't think that fans will be allowed in the stadiums. So it'll be odd, but I mean, how many games did we have left? I think we had like eight games left. So it can be done if you play two matches a week or maybe two matches every other week. Uh, So mathematically speaking, in terms of the days we have, it's still possible. And would it benefit us? I mean, if everyone's finally healthy, (laughs) it would be a dream come true to have a full Chelsea squad in Lampard's first season. I mean, we haven't seen this ever under Lampard not even yeah. the moment think, he stepped foot onto the onto Cobham like he still had four guys injured when he first got here so I think it could be a great thing I think you'll see a lot of players get subbed out in the 60th minute because they won't be able to fool the full 90 and I think you'll see a lot more rotation than we're used to and not just at Chelsea but across the board <laughs> they're gonna add substitutions yeah, yeah. So get like another two could. subs a game <laughs> I think they should do that honestly like and like the preseason yeah capped subs and also capped bench, but no, no that, that stinks. It, I mean, like <laughs> not uncapped, maybe like add an extra you one. You know what two. I mean? Like if you have yeah. seven, you have seven players on your bench, four subs instead of three would go yeah. a long way. I mean, you're not going to sub your keeper out of the game. So mm-hmm. still have yeah. six other players to choose from. I, I think another thing you got to think about, <laughs> I mean, if you, if we restart the season with no fans, there's no way they can prevent fans from like congregating outside of the stadium because that's going to happen all the time and that's going to be an issue, you know. Like who knows, you know. Like they're not going to be able to stop that. I mean, unless they have the crazy riot police out there, but you know that that might be even so much of an issue to cause them to just delay it even more. Um, you know, not being able to solve that. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. It's gonna. It's a lot of disappointment. You heard me. You heard my my thought a couple of weeks ago. I sent it as a tweet as well. You know, to as as much as as it hurts me to say that you know crown, uh, so to say Liverpool, and you know keep the keep the table as it is now, us being top four, known relegation, and all that. Do you think that would happen? Uh, you know my Didn't thoughts it on that. I love that. Already? <laughs> Didn't it? Didn't the Netherlands? Belgium. Or Belgium. Yeah, Belgium mm. has, is doing exactly what you said, and it's official. Okay. So I think, I think, I think they, they will do They already crowned their league champs, I think, yeah. They did. I think it was is it Club Bruges that Club won Bruges. it outright. Mm. Yeah, so they, they finished it. No more. They're going to bring up the next two teams. I mean, no one's getting relegated, right? No. Yeah, no relegations. So somebody's already made a president of it. So I it's a so. matter of who's going to follow suit. I, I promise mean, more, you more, though, that's what's going to happen in the Premier League. For the teams that would get promoted, I mean, let them have a playoff and play, you know, to, to make it happen and to see who is going through and use that time, play it behind, you know, without any spectators or whatever. Um, you only need three it, matches it, for a playoff, you know, a semi and a final, mm. two semis and a final. So, you know, well, so. I know 
I know uh, uh, other FAs around the world are like taking action on this. Like I know yesterday, um, Liga MX, the Mexican Soccer League, they announced that they're gonna um, cancel promotion and relegation for the next five years. Mm-hmm. So just to give you guys an idea, yeah, I mean Why the financial. Years? The financial impact is is ridiculous. I mean, clubs are losing. I mean, they're bleeding money right, every day. It's 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 absolutely insane. Like how much money these clubs are losing. There's a lot of talk about um about Italian soccer clubs having to probably clean out house. A lot of them are going to have to sell their better players because they just can't afford them after you know all this is said and done. So it's 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 weird because it's the first time where we can't really reference a website or a news source and say this is what's going on we know definitively like this is the direction that they're probably going to go we I mean we just we just kind of don't know anything it's uh it's scary it's really scary but you know before professional football comes back let's hope uh let's hope the boys could get back to their football at their clubs cuz yeah. I know they're they're probably itching to get back aren't you guys Yeah we're 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 like um I mean we still have a little garden at home, so we can play there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, the club is way different. I mean, you have my friends there that are, like, my best friends, and I miss them a lot. And it's just, like, terrible not playing because, of course, I'm used to getting up at, like, 6 in the morning to go and play a match at, like, 8. So, so and now, like, it doesn't happen. So it's just, like, what am I supposed to do now? It's, yeah, throw off your routine. Hey, as long as you guys are getting touches in and staying in shape, you'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, if you guys don't come back juggling like a hundred more times than you usually did, you guys didn't spend your quarantine right. <laughs> <laughs> or at least with a toilet paper roll. With a toilet paper roll. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's really hard with a toilet paper roll, man. I tried doing it. I can do one. I have big awkward <laughs> feet, though. I, I mean, I got size 12 feet, so, you know, mine... Uh, I, I was never the most technically gifted, I guess you can say. 13 right here. U.S. size, yeah. though. They don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we could speak, uh, or at least I can speak on behalf of Sam and Andres and saying one big thank you to you guys. Um, I know it's late awesome. over there. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it was really great finally getting to meet you, you know, in person-ish, uh, as well as the boys. We're glad you guys uh, were able to join us. That was one of the that was one of the first things when, you know, we kind of were talking. We're like, we should bring Nick Lenartson on the show. And I think it was Sam that was like, we can't bring him on the show without bringing the boys. So we're really glad you got you guys on. Um, you're more than welcome back anytime, as always. Um, and, uh, you know, best of luck to you guys moving forward. I mean, Sam, Andres, you guys have anything to add? Uh, thank you for coming on, guys. It was a pleasure. Who would have no- known that you two young fans had so much knowledge? It was great to talk to you guys. Yeah. By the way, I mean, like Sob said earlier, you guys, you guys should definitely look into starting your own podcast. I no, think. Don't I think look you, into. I think it. you'd be amazing. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> well, I'm Amazon jump is ship. all sold out on microphones, so I don't think they'll have the chance. Okay, to my uh, goodness. <laughs> my contract's running out. I need to start. Uh, you know, looking looking for moves elsewhere so oh, if you wow. guys start a podcast just yeah. <laughs> thank you so much guys it was really i mean uh, to follow your your you overseas and i mean i normally get the pod when i go out with a dog in the morning it's fantastic um and the dog is named chelsea by the way so that's <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> yeah uh, no but thank you so much and I'm, I'm keep following you guys you're making a fantastic job and and uh, it's, it was really really fun to to join you and whenever you want I mean, I, I 
I can do uh, an early night or a very uh, you know early morning or whatever. So just 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 drop it in. Perfect. We'll definitely uh, we'll definitely keep that in mind, and we have to do this again. So um, you know, for all those that are still listening, thank you very much, and um, you know, until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.